Welcome to the Hidden White Podcast. This is episode 810, my interview with Carl Stedman, the founder of PSTV, the Netflix of positive content. I hope you enjoy. Yo, 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 welcome to another episode of the Hidden White Podcast. What is happening in your world today? I hope you're loving it. I hope you're loving the day. It's a beautiful day here on the Sunshine Coast in Australia. And I'm pumped and excited to bring you this interview that I did with Carl Stedman. So for those of you who haven't heard of this gent yet, he is an American entrepreneur, he's an author, he's a speaker, he's an internet personality, and he was first known through his company Black Sky Investments, a hedge fund that was based in downtown San Diego. He has now become an experienced and well-known entrepreneur, and he's actually the founder now of PSTV, which they describe is the Netflix of positive content. So PSTV is a changing people's perception by providing a platform for people to view positive and inspiring content. Now, it may not make much sense right now, but we have a beautiful conversation about his entrepreneurial journey, some of the lessons, some of the highs, some of the lows, some of the learnings that he's taken away. And then we jump right into PSTV as well, which is changing our perception of what consumption is all about. And at the moment, I think we don't have enough focus on what we consume mentally. You know, if you think about all the things that you watch and observe throughout your day, a lot of it is negative. So they want to change that. And that's why they've created this platform, PSTV. Guys, it's an awesome, inspiring conversation. Hope you get a lot out of it. Hopefully, I'll be going on Carl's podcast as well soon. So check that out when it is. And uh, until the end, guys, we'll talk soon. Cheers. G'day, Carl, and welcome to the Hidden Wire podcast. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, Lee. How are you? I'm fantastic, mate. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful day here on the Sunshine Coast. You wouldn't believe it. <laughs> Isn't every day a beautiful day up down there, though? Well, like, you think so. Sunshine Coast, you think, yeah, it's, it's paradise every day. But it's um, we've had a lot of rain this year, um, which is a good thing, I, I think. It's not a bad thing. But um, at the moment, it's, it's winter, and winters are pretty mild here. And yeah. um, the skies are just this amazing blue right now, and... Um, just the sun's out there. I can feel the warmth, even though it's cold in my room here. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's just a lovely day. I love it. Um, it's kind of been that way here in San Diego, actually, for the last six months too. Very rainy, um, which we definitely need. We had a drought for like four years, right. um, but we're, we're, we're finally out of it. So that's a good thing. Um, so I can relate to the wetness a little bit, but just like down there, it's, it's a gorgeous day most of the time. So yeah, lovely, lovely. And uh, so, Carl, tell us a little bit in a nutshell about yourself. What What are you all about? I know you've got some crazy cool things going on at the moment, but um, maybe a little snapshot of, of your past and how you got to this, this position in your life. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see, a snapshot. That's, that's hard to do. It's mm. a long story usually. Um, well, I was a college basketball player. Uh, I ended up uh, breaking my back is what I tell people. Um, breaking I have bilateral. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. I have bilateral spondylolysis. So it's not technically breaking in my back, but I have some issues with my L5 vertebrae that kind of ended my college career for all intents and purposes. Like I planned to go try to play professionally overseas. Too many slam um, dunks? Uh, no, too many getting ran over by a guy about 80 pounds larger than me and just the constant <laughs> impact and trauma. Right. Um, so it definitely set me on a different path um, because I actually I I related and I um, I identified myself as a basketball player, and when that happened, it just kind of ripped it away. 
Mm. like my entire identity. So graduated in 08, um, was broke, unemployed, had nothing, was in the middle of the Great Recession here. And I ended up talking to a random guy at Starbucks into investing $100,000 with me. Um, a random in, guy at Starbucks, did you say? Yes. Okay. Literally. Literally just Oh, you just have coffee and... <laughs> uh, kind of, yeah. Like he was sitting next to me um, talking to his friend. There was these three comfy chairs all grouped together. And he was complaining that uh, that his stocks portfolio for his business and his pension fund and everything was constantly going down. Hmm. And I was looking for a job at the time and no one was hiring. And I spent a lot of my days reading. I still do. I read all the time. But I actually got tired of, of, of that conversation. So I in, uh, interjected myself into it and told him basically, hey, you guys don't need to lose money regardless of the direction of the of the the markets are going. And I proceeded to tell him how later that night I went home, I wrote a down and dirty business plan. I think it was five pages and it was probably the worst business plan I've ever written. Well, at least um, you wrote one. I hate writing. Them and <laughs> I never have fully completed one. I don't think. Yeah. Uh, well, I brought it back to him the next day and I think a week later I had a check for 50,000 and then another three weeks after that or four weeks after that, I had another 50,000 wow. and I, cool almost quadrupled his money um, in seven months and then things started to get crazy. You had some experience with the stock markets then prior. Yeah. So I started investing in 2006 personally. Um, The stock market was really the first, um, I guess, thing that was intellectually stimulating. It's constant chaos and you're battling literally against millions of other people on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And I thrived in that. Like I love to distill chaos down to um, the basic forms and the most, um, yeah, the most basic forms and then using those inputs to make actions. Like that's what I do. And it just kind of stole my heart. So I just started reading, investing, um, started working my own money. I think the first year I, was, I actually started to invest, that was up like 80%, something like that. Yeah. But that was just mostly a- Apple. Um, because that was my very first stock I ever bought. So it just kind of took on a life of its own. And that really got me started on the path of entrepreneurialism and literally reading as much as I can to get the questions that I wanted answered. And the more things I knew and understood, the more questions came up. So it's just been a constant go after what I was looking for since then. Um, but after, uh, after I started that company, um, the individual, 12 months after the, the bottom in 09, he ended up getting diagnosed with late-stage lung cancer hmm. and passed away within a couple of weeks of diagnosis. Right. So it was immediate and it was, it was bad. Um, not only did I lose a, a, a great friend, someone that wholeheartedly believed in me, but I lost my biggest client as well. Um, and at that point, I had to close down my first business, and I ended up moving to L.A. to get mentored by uh, a guy named Ryan Blair. Um, he's got a crazy story, too. He sold his last company for, I don't know, $700 million, something like that. Yeah. Um, and I proceeded to volunteer to work for free for 90 days to learn as much as I can. I ended up working for free for about nine months and moved to Orange County, started a couple companies. And lost a lot of money making mistakes, trusting the wrong people, just literally 
it was three distinct learning lessons, what I call them. Um, and it was humbling. It was extremely humbling. Um, couch surf for a little bit, had to rely on friends and family and all that stuff and moved to San Diego, started an investment company. And about a year ago, my life got really wonky. Okay. And yeah, wonky. It's, it's a great word to describe it. It's, it's very, uh, non-defined, non-defined. Kind of um, like life, isn't it? Generally. Yeah. Wonky. Yeah. No kidding. Right. <laughs> you, you go down paths that you had no idea that you were going to. Mm. Um, but my mom was sending me positive, uplifting quotes and I, I was looking around. I was like, why isn't this an app? So last June, uh, I decided to teach myself how to code. I coded a beta app, and by mid-July, we incorporated PSTV. Uh, I brought my co-founder on, Eric, who you've spoken with. Um, and we just kind of started learning hmm. how to create, how to build, how to um, build a network. Because what we are trying to do at PSTV is literally build a Netflix-style platform for positive bias content. But we had no idea what we were doing. So the last year or so that we've been um, busting our butts on this, it's been learning, building infrastructure, getting the team together, um, learning how to produce podcasts, videos, graphics, all that stuff. And we've gotten really, really good in a very, very short period of time. And now we're getting ready to open up um, the platform itself. So right now, for the last year, we've had a website. and We've been aggregating content. Yeah. yeah. But – we're, we're now um, getting ready to we're, – we're partnering with another company. We're getting ready to deploy an app um, that was a lot more robust than I can code um, with my limited time. I was going to say, and, what, what sort of got you um, coding the first app? I mean, it was just a, a financial constraint because I, I sort of – I guess you got two people in life, the ones that go after and, and learn something new like you have done, which I admire. And then for me, I, I'd probably just go and outsource it and find someone that could do it. So I, I didn't do it. Well, at that point, it was a, definitely a financial thing. Yeah. Um, and I love to learn. Like, I'm addicted to learning. So yeah. I, I like new skills um, constantly. And I read a book probably every other day. I think I've read 22 in the last two months, something like that. So whatever That's that extreme. averages out to. Wow. Ah, it just I, – I love to read. Like, I'm – I just – it's what I do. Do, do you um, read or do you listen to audio books more now? I read. I I can read faster than I can listen, regardless of the speed it's on. Is that right? Um, yeah, my I, I'm like every person has a different style of learning, either kinesthetic, audio, or uh, uh, visual, right? Yeah. Or a combination of the three. Well, I'm a very visual orientated learner, and uh, when it starts, when it comes to sports, uh, obviously um, kinesthetic. But for reading. Or for learning new information, um, the visual aspect is really beneficial. So that's why I focus on it. Yeah, right. But no, yeah. I, I mean, I'd, I'd love to read more rapidly, I suppose, because I really enjoy the reading process as well. Is there any um, any any tips that you've learned along the way to increase your reading speed? Or is it just something that you sort of have naturally because of practice and time? Uh, practice primarily, but there's, I, I met an individual recently who kind of boggled my mind a little bit. His name's Steven Schneider. Um, and yeah, he's, he's, he's prominent. Um, he's now retired, but he, uh, he's got a very interesting story as well. But basically he told me we were, we were having lunch one day and he's like, think about it this way. 
when you start to learn to read, you start with individual letters that make a sound. Then you start grouping those letters together to make syllables and then words and then sentences. Mm -hmm. And that's where most people stop. Okay. But your brain is physically able to take in more information than the, the amount of data you're taking in in a single sentence. So he's like, why couldn't you take a glance at a paragraph and get all of that information at once or a third of a page, a half a page or hmm. a full page? Hmm. And what he did was he taught himself at a very young age how to take in larger amounts of information at the same way that a normal person, if you will, reads a sentence. Right. And that that just that blew my mind because I never thought about it that way. Um, but your brain can take in far more information than we think it can. And we are the constraining factors. Literally what we tell ourselves are the constraining factors. So one of the things I, I can say as far as a tidbit is start using your peripheral vision. And you don't have to necessarily say each word out loud in your mind. Um, mm. That will help speed up both of them because, again, your brain can take in a lot more information than you think it can. So you're reading more down the center of a page rather than sort of scanning from left to right fully? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think about it this way. You're walking out in the street. How many different inputs are you are you taking in at, at once? Mm. Like 180-degree viewing angle, right? Your eyes in the front of your head, maybe not 180, maybe like 170. Mm. Um, but you can see a, a, a wide swath of information. So when you're looking at a page, like right now, I'm, I, ha I have um, some of your questions up on the, uh, on the computer screen. And it's probably taking, I don't know, a 10% angle of my entire view, uh, viewing angles, right? So even that little defined um, proportion isn't that much information. So why not? Hmm. Yeah, I, I just I, – I always am curious about retention of the information um, when – and I guess I'm not skilled or experienced enough, but I know in the past when I sort of do that style of reading, I feel like I get to the end of a page or two pages and I'm just going, hmm, did I really get any of that information as thoroughly as I could have if I just read line by line? Well, that's, again, that's a constraining factor that you've put on yourself. Yeah. Your brain, your brain could literally take in that information without a problem. It's just filtering it out. So you have to work on the filtering mechanism, not right. necessarily the, the input. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it takes it in, yeah, yeah. But the filtering, yeah, okay, that's that's the issue. Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 kind of crazy because if you really think about it, how our, our modality works and how our brain works, um, it's far more powerful than we actually give ourselves credit for. And we actually build cages around our abilities. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting. I mean, similar to, to listening, I, I used to listen at one speed to everything and then some, well, a few people started mentioning about re listening at one and a half and two speed and I thought, oh, uh, and then I tried it and um, you can't go back now. It's too slow. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and I, I, I'm willing to bet that you can speed that up to four speed or five speed or 10 speed. And once you get the hang of it, you'll be able to retain it all because, again, your brain can take in a vast amount of information. Yeah, yeah. As long as it depends on what I'm doing at the time, I guess. But yes, I 100% yeah. agree. Cool. Sorry to uh, sidetrack off there, but that's an interesting, interesting part of the conversation. Going back yeah. to where you were, you just said um, about three lessons you had before your life started to get wonky a year ago. Um, there were three sort of fundamental lessons there you had through some of the, the ups and downs and failures. Um. There were three experiences that I went through. Yeah. Um, I 
I, if you want to dive into that, we, we definitely can. Um, the first one was, uh, we went out and my partner at the time, well, he's still a good friend and a partner. Um, but we were running a consulting business, taking fortune 500 policies and procedures to mom and pops around the country. Right. Yeah. And we went out and, uh, we sold an individual's business and we sold it for a few million dollars and we were titled to a few hundred thousand in compensation. And we did not write out our compensation schedule as defined as we should. So we ended up having to, um, to go through a lawsuit for about three years mm. and we ultimately collected about 30 cents on the dollar. Now that taught me a lot because that was one of my first big paychecks after um, I got done with the, with getting mentored by Ryan and it never really materialized because we made some, uh, I guess, dotting the I's, crossing the T mistakes. Yeah. So that was a big one. Um, so the lesson is paperwork, attention everything. to detail or not necessarily attention to detail. Just make sure your contracts are ironclad. Right. Um, okay. and the, and I guess another side lesson on that is that the, uh, the, the court system out here in America is rather slow and it took three years for us just to, uh, go through mediation, which is ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. So if you, if you make sure your contracts are ironclad and make sure your uh, eyes are dotted, T's across, you're going to save a lot of money in lawyer bills and time and energy and stress. Mm, um, that was a big one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the second one was, um, I helped finance a student loan consolidation company and it went from zero to 50 employees to 400,000 a monthly revenue in 13 months. Well, the payment processor fell behind and they were paying us about 60% of the money that we were supposed to be receiving on a monthly basis. Yeah. And I was talking to the CEO constantly like, Hey, we're not getting enough money. We're not getting enough money. We're not getting enough money. But ultimately what ended up happening was the payment processor built up over a million account payable to us and then went bankrupt. And um, that caused the main investor that came on after us and financed a lot of it um, to refinance the company and got pushed out. So that was a very painful lesson. Um, lost a friend. Um, it's kind of ironic. I'm, I'm actually still really good friends with the, the main investor, but it was a very, um, again, it was, it was a powerful learning lesson. Hmm. Um, and then the last one that was, uh, heart wrenching, um, with my partner, we went out and we were helping an individual basically execute a, a tech company. And we went out and I got us a 1.5 million LOI for an investment and talks with Vizio. And I'm out of my NDAs now so I can actually talk about them in more detail. Um, but ultimately, uh, we had this tech that was glasses-free, 3D tablets, televisions, and cell phone um, technology. So you can look at a two-dimensional screen and the, the, the images would be in three dimensions. 
just going back into the screen. So here's an interesting tidbit. One of the reasons why people get eye strain when they go watch uh, 3D movies with the glasses is because your brain's not actually wired to process that. It sees a a a plane. the The television is a plane, and it automatically assumes that anything within that television is not going to extend past that 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 plane, um, mm-hmm. that frame, if you will. So when that when that image comes out of it, your brain's not actually physically wired to process that. So you get eye strain, or people get eye strain because of their their brain is literally being rewired in the moment. Hmm. Um, to process it. So now with our technology, those, those images would go back into the screen. So you can walk around from one side to the other and get a different perspective, almost like you're walking in a jungle and you're looking around a bush, same concept. So we were taking 2d images off of YouTube, piping them through our software, putting them through our hardware and popping them out in 3d, um, 180 degree viewing angles. As many people wanted to watch could no glasses. Like it was amazing tech, still mm. is amazing tech. Mm. And what ultimately ended up happening was uh, the inventor majority equity shareholder thought that um, Vizio was going to steal the technology. And right. I thought I thought that was ludicrous because at that time we had ironclad on everything. Like we made sure all of the T's were dotted, all of the I's. We had all we had we had a lot of of backup, if you will. Yeah. Um, well, anyways, I get a call from my, my partner a few days before Christmas and I believe 2012 and he's like, we have to stop. And in not so flowery terms, I was like, why? And he basically said that the invest, the inventor thought they were going to steal the technology and he canceled our contract. So to this day, I own 5% of a company that's doing absolutely nothing that has amazing IP. Yeah, well. Wow. And we were talking first run of over a hundred thousand units and a few dollars per unit. So it's a rather large contract for a first run. So that just kind of went poof. Yeah. And you're looking at a valuation like 20 plus million down to zero. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that was definitely a, a, yeah, a, a knock to the jaw. Um, so those were my three learning lessons that were, I, they were they were they were powerful. That's what they were. Yeah, well, that's what we want. Um, obviously, you've got this this knack and this this drive to to go out there and get involved in in these businesses and companies and startups, etc. Um, and I guess for a lot of people listening, like myself, I don't really have that experience. Is there anything that you um, that helps guide you into those situations? Is it something that you just because it, it seems like it's it's a big stretch for a lot of people to make those leaps and a, a lot of risk, I suppose, is involved as well. What has worked for you to, to really go out there on a, on a women and go after these things and, and take those bigger risks? Um, so to me, that's a, that's a multiple part question. It is. Um, yeah. yeah. The first part is how do you get exposed to opportunities mm-hmm. in large scale? Um, so for that. Go to Starbucks. To, yeah, I, I know, right? I actually I have a I have a book that's coming out nationally called Broken Open, and I literally have a a, a chapter dedicated to Starbucks itself. <laughs> 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 but um, going back to the opportunities part, to me, um, 
people will look at certain things and say it's luck. And then you, we've all heard what uh, luck is just preparation meeting opportunity or preparation meeting opportunity. Yeah. But more importantly to me um, is a modality. So I have cultivated a modality since high school, college that I attract certain types of individuals because of all the preparation that I put in, mainly reading. I read a tremendous amount and I'm constantly trying to learn new things. Well, what that ultimately happens is it, it lends itself to having profound conversations across many different topics. And within those profound conversations are opportunities usually. Mm-hmm. So when when I was cultivating this modality when I was younger, and which is a huge stretch because when I was growing up, I was, and this is something I talk about a little bit. I was suicidal. I had no co- uh, confidence. I, I was a sports star and all this stuff. But if you would have taken that young man and then shown the future um, of, of where I'm at today, as far as modalities, um, I would have told you you're crazy. Hmm. So it, it was definitely a cultivated thing. And it was working day in, day out on building um, a modality of questioning everything and yeah. then going out and seeking the answers. And once you do that, you start asking the right questions. And the people that have those opportunities to um, not necessarily give out, but to uh, expose other people to, they pick up on that frequency, those questions. And that's how it really happens, I guess. Um, it's just creating a a, a modality. Now I expect it. I expect to attract opportunities every single day from very, very successful people. Yeah. Um, so that's the first part. Um, the second part about the risk about going out and, and just, just, uh, I guess taking hold of the reins and just going after I was actually, I was again in Starbucks. Uh, I read a lot (laughs) (laughs) and I was sitting down with, I believe he's the founder of LA fitness, um, or the holding company that owns LA fitness. And he read my first book. Um, it's out on Amazon called persistaholic. And he wrote a good four pages of notes. And we sat down for a couple hours and he literally ripped apart my book and then gave me his view on the same subjects. And it was immensely helpful because he already created a massive, massive company. Hmm. And, and what I took away from that conversation was he basically told me, and this is while I was going through the, the, the hard time up and, uh, uh, with the learning lessons and everything. And he's like, you need to go up on top of a mountaintop and you need to basically shout orders down. That's his exact wording. Go take risks, go be a CEO of a company and just go make it happen. Um, because up until that point, I was always partnering with people. I was always not necessarily taking the lead because after my first foray into, uh, the, the, the investment world where my main investor passed away suddenly, um, I was trying to build a moat around that, if you will, trying to make that not happen again. And other things similar happened, which is kind of crazy. Um, so he gave me that advice. And I've always been one to believe in myself more so than anything else. Yeah. Hmm. And that that's a huge point of it or a huge part of it. Because if you don't have the confidence in your own abilities – 
you're not going to go out and take risks. So I, I'm not like, like with PSTV, we, everything that we've done to this day in the yeah. last year is yeah. learned brand new, yeah. but I don't necessarily have confidence in the skills that I, that I did not have then. But what I have confidence in is my ability to learn. So I'm not afraid of new situations. And then the last part of that, uh, I guess that, that matrix or that, that, uh, modality is, uh, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. So growth every yeah, single day. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. a huge one. So if you combine those three, then opportunities come your way a lot and you will, if you're, if, if you're anything like me, you'll, you'll, you'll go after them. You'll just throw caution to the wind and say, okay, let's go do this. Yeah. No, I love it. There's some good notes to be taken in that. <laughs> Well, thank you. Um, oh, and one last thing, uh, support. Yeah. Sur- surround yourself with individuals who love you, who support you, who will pick you up when you are down. Because when you go through the entrepreneurial journey, you're going to get knocked off your horse time and time and time again. And having that support in the um, having that support around you ultimately helps everything. Yeah. So, yeah, I think a lot of us um, often feel, I guess, a sense of pride maybe that we go out there and we think we can do a lot of things in life, um, no matter what that is, to be honest, um, by yeah. ourselves. Yeah. But the sooner we yeah. can learn that everything re- relies on relationships and then we, you know, whatever we pursue, if we look out for those relationships, that support, um, we'll get much further with what we want to achieve. Yeah. Very, very true. Um, I think Warren Buffett said it best. Uh, I believe it was Warren Buffett. He said, I'd rather have 1% of 100 people rather than 100% of one person. Yeah. And that's like right now we're, we're making some transitions in PSTV and I am transitioning some of my, I guess, role, my day-to-day workflow into attracting the best possible talent. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, team is everything. Just backtracking for a second on confidence and belief, it sounds, I mean, you speak very confidently. It sounds like you have a lot of, you know, really strong self-belief. Is this something that was, you feel was developed over your younger years or is that something that you got later in life because of some of the knockbacks like, you know, basketball and the back issue? A combination. Yeah. Um, So let's see. When I was growing up, I did not have a lot of confidence at all. Um, but I was capable. I was intelligent. Um, one of the things that I did as soon as I graduated of col- out of college was I actually started wearing a rubber band. And it's uh, it's it's still on my wrist to this day. But the reason why the I rubber wear rubber band. It, yeah. Same rubber it, band? Not the same one. I've had <laughs> probably hundreds of them. Cool. But – the reason why I wear a rubber band is I am constantly trying to improve my modality. So my internal monologue that I'm having with myself constantly, right? Yeah. And when I was 22, 23, someone basically opened my eyes to the fact that your brain does not control you. you it's, it's simply a tool for you to use. And what I mean by that is once you become conscious of the internal monologue you have going in your head, 
you can change that internal monologue to anything you want, but it takes time. It takes being conscious of that. And it takes being conscious of where you want to go. So I wore a rubber band and I still do to snap myself, to do a pattern interrupt when I was not walking the path that I knew I wanted to go. So if I would start going down a, a dark circle or a dark spiral or whatever, I'd snap it. This is with and thoughts what, that go on in particular. Yeah, this is with thoughts, yeah. yes, and even actions. But I'd snap it. And if you look at how your brain is actually physically wired, um, you have groups of neurons that are connected, right? And when a thought fires, it's just groupings of these clusters that are that are having electro, uh, electricity go through it and yeah. stimulating things, which mm. results in chemicals being released. So when you start becoming conscious of that process and interrupting those those thoughts and interrupting that electrical impulse between the different neurons, your body ultimately realizes that that's not an efficient process and it allows those connections to start to decay. So you are physically rewiring your brain by using pattern interrupts to ultimately redirect your path onto something that's um, better for you in, in the long run. Hmm. So It's interesting. I've heard about the, the rubber band snap before. I never actually tried it, but I should. It's, it's helped me dramatically. Like, yeah. It's probably saved my life, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Um now it doesn't stop you from feeling bad, but it does help you redirect those emotions, those thoughts, those the, those processes or processes to better directions, better use of energy, which ultimately ends up being you you become more confident in yourself and what you're thinking and where you're going. Well, you get to have that that increased level of belief that you have more control than perhaps you think you have. Um, and yes. also the snap, I assume, has something to do with bringing your attention to the present, um, yes. which raises your consciousness, which is what we were talking about as well. Yeah, exactly. So if we look exactly. at this little formula there from um, what you've just said, I mean, I, I talk about opportunities, but being open, I think, is, is a really valuable thing. Um, you know, having having your mind and your heart open, uh, and that might be by asking questions, et cetera, two opportunities will allow you to experience um, life every day, um, to the to the fullest i suppose and the belief that we talked about i think that's the second part to the formula and then you talked about you know just going after things and i think that has something to do with um you know being uncomfortable growth um work ethics and and really backed off that belief is really pushing forward in the direction you want to go regardless of what you might face yes yeah and throughout that process i didn't actually know my purpose do you have a purpose now? Yes, and it's recent. Um, our recent realization. Um, it's actually the end of my of my book that's coming out. But my purpose is to help direct um, humanity in whatever way I can to a better path, if you will. Because right now, at least, especially in America, it's it's it's, it's bad. But we are walking on a, along a path where it's it's very polarizing, um, and part of the reason why PSTV exists is because there is a direct correlation between the amount of media consumed on a daily basis and people's depression levels and levels of suicide. Hmm. Hmm. 
it's a good way segue into the PSTV movement. And I, I know it started by you know the positive quote from your mother, and the realization that yeah, we don't really put enough attention on what we consume, what our mind consumes on a daily basis. You know, we exactly. there's all this talk, and I know it's on your website about nutrition and health and exercise and food and blah blah blah, which is really important stuff. But yeah, what we consume mentally. Um, perhaps is significantly more important. Yes, I, I would. I would definitely have to agree with that because that's creating your reality. Hmm. So, so think about it this way: um, if you're constantly exposed to war, violence, gun issues, um, trauma, your brain will develop again. Going back to to physically rewiring your brain, your brain will physically develop reactions to situations like that, and it will start expecting those reactions or expecting those situations rather. And you start looking for that. So that process of looking for certain situations literally starts it, it re or it changes your filtering mechanism so you start to see those more and more. So it's a it's a it's a powerful cycle that keeps building on itself. Hmm. Hmm. But it's in the wrong direction. Now, if you can do that with a more positive bias content, if you will, you can change that, that mental cycle, that modality cycle and flip it on its head and you can become more fulfilled, happier, um, a better life, just regardless of the situation you're in. Because again, it's one thing that, that is missed by a lot of individuals, at least here, is that regardless of your situation, it's your actions and how you respond to that situation that ultimately de- uh, determines if you're happy or not. Yeah. It's a choice hmm. and nothing more. Yeah. So what some of your stats that you share um, and your research that you found, um, can you share some of those? I know you sort of talked about 90%, I think it was, of the media that's out there that we consume today is negative. Um, I can't remember the the uh, the the stats right off the top of my head. I know there was a study done by the New York Times that plotted the bias of positive versus negative, and since the 1970s, it's almost been a straight line down. Um, right. And I wonder why that is. Just because people crave it. Well, it's, it's, yeah, it's sensational. Um, yeah. It's clickbait. So you have to break through the clutter. So if you think about this, um, every single, again, goes back to inputs. Your your brain will start filtering out inputs if it gets used to it. So in order to keep that 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 cycle going of, of keeping your attention, they have to go more and more um, uh, greater, I guess, in, in the, in the, in more the content. Hmm. Yes. So if you take that over a period of 40 years, you get the situation in where we are, are today. Now. But why, and, and I mean, we're more surrounded by it. I just started watching um, this new show called uh, Stranger Things, um, yeah. which I'm probably sure you've heard about. Interesting topic. But um, no, just watching that last night, I was thinking about this morning during my swim going, it was pretty violent, you know, season, episode, what do you call it, season three, um, mm-hmm. for what I sort of thought was a fun sort of, you know, show more childish i guess in in sense and then watching it last night i was just like wow that's that's pretty violent like it's it's a lot more and it's a lot more like acceptable yeah than it and, used to i be. mean if you think about it they have to they have to make it um 
a little higher level every single season to top the last season. But how does so it make a- sense that we we like to tune into this? And yes, I mean, I've got my own sort of thoughts on it, but how does it, why would we like to tune into stuff that's negative and, and yeah, violent and gross or whatever? I mean, there's a lot of answers for that. Um, one of them is to escape your own day. Is a it lot to make of people us feel better about our own day, to make us feel better yeah. about our own life. In some, some, yes. That has to be um, a big part of it, I would think. Yeah, yeah, literally. I mean, it, it's it's the reason why gossip happens to make yourself feel better. Hmm. Literally, hmm. like that's why gossip spreads. Hmm. Um, but it's 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 interesting because if you we'll, we'll talk about Stranger Things. Um, I have not actually seen the show. I don't watch a lot of TV at all. Um, however, there was a study done, actually a bunch of studies done on viralness. And it's a commonly held misbelief that positive content cannot go viral. So what makes something go viral is you have a couple people. We're just going to narrow it down to like two or three people. And if, if someone sees something or hears something and they feel like they're in the know, they want to share it because it makes them feel, it strokes their ego, makes them feel like they're important. Okay. Now that, that process of, they want to share it because it makes them feel good. Um, I'm, I'm stumbling with this right now, but it, it, it creates a cycle where they are literally looking for feedback to reaffirm their feel goodness. So they start passing around to more and more people. Well, that works on both negative and positive types of content. But because of the sensationalism, you get that, that, that long winding path down to more and more sensationalists each time. And that's why we're, where we're at now. But conversely, the positive works in the same way. Like why are cats, why are cats playing the piano or any sort of cat videos? Why are they so popular? Because it invokes an emotional response that people want to share because they're in the know or they feel good by sharing it because of the the reaction that they've received from it. So you have this positive and negative um, emotional feedback loop and – we have a commonly held misbelief that it really doesn't apply to positive things, but it does. We yeah. just have to invoke that certain type of emotions. Yeah. So that's all about the narrative. Um, so a roundabout way of answering your question, it creates a emotional response to share that, which is why so many people watch it because they feel good about it. It's an ego thing. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just wondering if it's, it's, you know, is it purely ego thing, or is it, is it, is there some link of, of, I guess, connection and and giving us meaning, which relates back to, you know, ability to find a, a level of significance in life, which is obviously important for our, our belief in our survival. Yeah. Um, it probably wraps into all those things. But anyway, look, that's that's yeah. fine. Let's not get too too deep in the weeds here. So with, <laughs> I think we've gone there. PSTV, so your mission now is to really try and change change the way we consume and, and, and change how we look at things, is it? It's to change the modality of individuals um, and create a positive upward psychological spiral. 
I mean, the more positive based content you take in, the more you're going to start looking for it in everyday situation. And that's going to rub off on more people. Yeah. So we're not trying to change how everyone consumes media, but we are trying to impact individuals and hopefully that, yeah, hopefully that impact, um, starts carrying past those individuals into more and more and ultimately starts changing the direction that we're heading because quite honestly, like the question that really rears up in my mind is where does sensationalism stop? Hmm. Um, I don't like talking about politics a lot, but in, in this specific case, Donald Trump won the election, regardless if you're uh, for or against him, by being on top of the news cycle with sensationalist conversational topics, if you will, or actions. Yeah. Like that, that, that's, that's why it happened. So where does that stop? Well, hmm. the pendulum swung so far in that direction that there's people like you, people like me, that are trying to pull it back into the other direction, and hopefully that makes a difference. I think there's there's a there's a big sense of detachment from this this negative media because we're behind screens, we're indoors, you know, we're not out there exposed to it. Now, I think if you took the same content that we're exposed to and put it right in front of us in real life reality, uh, where we could touch and feel it and smell it, it'd be totally different. We wouldn't we wouldn't tolerate it at all. I completely agree. So, so we're, we're sort of hidden behind the. Yeah, behind the behind the screens, behind the we're behind the scenes of it all, and that, yeah, it's safe, it's comfortable. Yeah, safe. I mean, okay. what? Why? Why do? Why do individuals troll other individuals on the internet? Why does someone like literally give someone death threats on Twitter? Yeah, because yeah. they feel safe in doing it because you can't touch them because they're fifty thousand miles away. It really doesn't really matter. Like, yeah, yeah. So that's um, so. Yeah, something something to think of. So, what are the platforms you're using to help? You know, I suppose reinforce your mission and, and your message um, to the individuals, your podcast, etc. As far as platforms, yeah, um, yeah. So we're still building out our platform, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. We have our podcast called the Tivity Cast, but that's getting rebranded uh, to it's going to be called the Unsubstantiated Genius. Um, and we're reformatting, redoing everything. Um, there's that. We have <sighs> we have a bunch of other stuff coming on. <laughs> um, we have three shows, uh, another platform. I think we're getting access to all of their content, which is another fifty shows. Um, wow. The app, it's yeah. The app itself will be all forms of media types. So it'll be podcast videos, um, written content and anything else that we can throw on there. But it's, it's a work in progress. We're building the infrastructure right now. And like, again, we started with basically nothing and it's just been a lot of, uh, blood, sweat and tears. And yeah, we're moving towards having a singular platform, which is ultimately the goal right now. It's fragmented with our podcasts, with our different shows, with our website, but we're, we're aggregating all that into a singular hub soon. Okay. And is that going to be still the same website, psttv.today.com? Yeah. And the app will probably be the same name as well, PSTV Today. Okay. So for people listening out there, they can go on there and and they'll find that today, but also the updates going forward as well. Yeah. 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 And we, we have like, as we get larger and larger, the amount of shows that are that are signing up or wanting to be on the platform is just increasing. So, have we hit the the tipping point yet? No, 
Um, are we getting close to it? I don't know. I think so because we're getting more and more access to shows that, or content rather, not just shows, but content that, um, aligns with our interest and aligns with our vision. Hmm. Um, and it's a very broad swath. Like we don't talk about, like, it's not all foo-foo and candy canes and all that crap. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's real life. And like on, on, on my pod, the, the Tivity cast, um, we've brought on individuals who have been through hell and talked about going through hell and how yeah. they got out. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting combination. Yeah, that's cool. Look, what, I guess a couple of the things that I sort of want to wrap this conversation up with is firstly, how do we involve ourselves with the negative that's out there, which I think is important without getting attached to it or absorbed in it, that it affects our vice, our lives adversely. How do we get involved with the negative content but not allow it to yeah, um, well, look, affect the, our lives? We, 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 negative, I think, has some level, of, and maybe it's not negative TV or negative media that we should be consuming, but there's, there's a reason why mm-hmm. we have an ability to bring our attention to negative elements in life. It's just like pretty much any other thing when it comes to something that you know might be harmful for you is you become conscious of it. Yeah. And if you're conscious of the fact that you're taking in this type of input and you take steps to prevent it from becoming a habit or a impulse, then you're, you're good. Mm -hmm. Like it's just, it's, it's quantity. It's always about quantity. Um, but you have to be conscious of it. And I think that's where, where a big point of this equation that we're failing in is, is not enough people are conscious of what's actually happening physically and psychologically within their head. So understanding if you're watching something, for example, that is negative media, understanding the relevance or the importance of that message yeah, would be a and better way to assess whether it's worthwhile to have your attention there or not? Yeah, exactly. Just being conscious of what you put into your head. And that applies for positive stuff too. Um, because you can, like the, the, the narrative in and of itself is, it's all perspective. Hmm. So I guess it really boils down to what is the end goal you want your life and what modality do you have to create to get there? So it's a, it's a case by case basis, but yeah. I mean, is there a balance here? Is there is there too much positivity? Is there a need for negative? Always. Always. There's always a balance. Yeah. Like I'm not I'm not I'm not advocating that we get rid of the current news cycles or any of that stuff at all. I think it's definitely needed. We need yeah. to talk about issues and needs to be aware, but at the same time there needs to be a balance of pushback against it as well, another alternative form of content in a easily accessible place. Because if you think about it, if you go on the internet, if you go look at watch TV or anything, you don't have to work for negative content to come into you, but you would literally have to go out and look for positive stuff. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So as an individual listening out there, what advice can we, can you share with them to start making that change in their lives to start being more conscious of, of what they're consuming and, and hopefully then having a greater impact on the life they want to live. It just starts by doing exactly what they're doing right now. I mean, they're listening to your podcast. They're listening to other stuff that inherently says that they're um, looking for good content. 
And I guess the next thing I, I, I would have to I would have to tell them is literally start questioning the information that you're allowing yourself to absorb on a constant basis. Mm, ask why. Yes, exactly. And that's something my parents banged into my head was always like question it because uh, again, this is, this is something I talk about in my book. Um, but we, then we're going to go on a little short tangent real quick, but <laughs> regardless of the, the, the profession, like we're, we are culturized to think that people in positions of power hmm. and whether that's the police force, fire, politicians, whatever it may be, teachers, <coughs> that, um, that we should defer to their thoughts. But like anything else in the world, you have good quality and bad quality and so many variations in between. It's a bell curve. Yeah. So not all people in power are good. Not all people in power are, are, are bad, if you will, as far as skills. So you have to question whether or not that individual person in that specific situation is qualified. So that's just taking that premise into a larger realm and applying that to basically the stuff that's coming into your brain. Hmm. Yeah. I like it. I love the channel, man, and I love what you guys are doing there. I can't wait to see this, uh, the rebranding and the relaunch and all that sort of thing going on. Is there uh, any final words, mate, or any, any, any particular advice or, I suppose, connection points that you want to share with the audience? Um. <sighs> Uh, yeah, actually, uh, my, uh, one of my uncles passed away yesterday and that's got me thinking about life modalities and how short of time we really have on this earth. Like if you think about it, we don't have a lot of time. It may seem like it, but we really don't. Yeah. And I guess the biggest thing I, I want to impart to everyone is use that time wisely. Don't waste it. You're not here for very long. And I think we, I think we as a society have, have, we, we get away from that. We think we're going to wake up the next day because we don't have to worry about some saber tooth tiger coming out and killing us or where we're going to get food for the most part. Um, so we've take a lot of it for granted and just don't life is precious. Life is fleeting. It's beautiful. Mm. So don't, don't, don't take it for granted and, and be present. Enjoy it. Yeah. I've got more questions I could keep going, mate. <laughs> I've to stop myself and bite my tongue. Um, I was about to do that, but I'll, uh, I'll refrain. And uh, thank you for coming on the show today. Well, thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. Um, I'd, I'd love to have you on my pod and ask you questions the other way around. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you, mate. Organize it behind yeah. the scenes. So thank you. And guys out there listening, um, books, links, um, et cetera, will be at the show notes so you can check it out. Um, this will be released. Actually, you'll be listening to it anyway, but this is episode 810. So check it out at nice. thehiddenwide.com. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, mate. Well, thank you. You have a good day. You too. Thanks, everyone. Until next time, peace, passion, and purpose. See you soon. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. I hope you love what you're hearing. If you like this episode, guys, or any of the episodes that you're listening to here at The Hidden Why, please do me a favor by sharing it. You can share it with your families. You can share it with your loved ones. You can do that by using your favorite social media channels, using the icons on the platform that you're listening to The Hidden Why podcast. 
Also, guys, if you're a fan of the show, please connect with me. Connect with me at thehiddenwide.com. I love to hear from you. I love to converse with the people that listen to this show to find out what they enjoy, what they don't enjoy, and perhaps if they have any questions or feedback for the show as well. You can stay up to date with all that I'm releasing here, guys. I do a solo show every Monday, a three-minute thought every Thursday. I do two interviews a week on a Wednesday and a Saturday, and a book review every Friday. You can stay up to date with all that by subscribing to my newsletter at thehiddenwide.com. Just enter your email address there, and also subscribing to the podcast on the platform that you choose to listen to your podcasts. You can also support the show, guys, by using the Amazon links at thehiddenwire.com. So if you like books, you can get all the books that I review there um, and anything else, really, that you like to purchase through Amazon. So use that link. It helps support the show. And we've also got a deal with Audible, guys. Audible is a fantastic way to listen to all your favorite books. We've got a deal with them so you can get two free books when you subscribe or, yeah, subscribe to a 30-day free trial. So check that out, again, at thehiddenwire.com. Guys, that's it from me. You know what to do. Go out there. Breathe more passion into every single moment. Do everything with greater purpose and in doing so you will discover your hidden why this is the hidden why my name is Lee Manutzi until next time peace passion and purpose see you soon